slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have got a busy show ahead of us. We will have a full preview of tonight's game in Boston against the Bruins. We have the news that the Islanders have announced that they will retire the numbers of two members of the four Stanley Cup teams from the early 80s. We'll tell you who. And we'll talk a little bit about their careers, both as a whole and with the Islanders. And of course, we have our look back at this date in Islanders history, which will feature a an exciting matchup between the Rangers and the Islanders with an Islanders hat trick involved in the game. So lots to discuss here. We're going to start with the number retirements and the Islanders making it official today. Both John Tonelli, who wore number 27 with the Islanders, and Butch Goring, who wore 91, will have their numbers retired in two separate ceremonies coming up in February. So Tonelli will go first. His number will be retired on Friday, February 21st. And then on a week and a day later, Saturday, February 29th, that's leap year day, Butch Goring's number 91 will be retired. Kind of interesting that they're going to retire 91 in honor of Goring, especially since uh, a certain John Tavares wore that number with distinction for the Islanders for almost nine seasons after uh, Goring wore it. In fact, he wore it longer than Goring did. But if you're a fan of those old Stanley Cup teams from the 80s, Goring certainly has earned, you know, the honor. And you add the fact that Goring later was both a player coach, uh, coached in the Islanders' minor league system, and then was eventually, for a time, the head coach of the Islanders, now a broadcaster for many years. So, you know, certainly, you know, reasons that Butch Goring is deserving of the honor, but I I wonder what John Tavares has to say about it. Uh, We'll start now with John Tonelli. Tonelli drafted by the Islanders in the second round of the 1977 NHL amateur draft, uh, Bill Torrey picking him up, but By that time, he had already been playing for a couple of seasons in the WHA with the old Houston Arrows franchise, had a couple of 20-goal seasons with the Arrows, 24 goals in 76-77, 23 goals and 64 points in 77-78, topped 100 penalty minutes in both of those seasons, so... 
Already an experienced pro when he joins the Islanders in 1978-79, which was the first year that the Islanders finished first in the overall standings. He had a couple of solid seasons, 56 points as a rookie in 78-79, 44 points the following year. Then, when the Islanders start really getting on top of their game, Tonelli took it to the next level. His first 20-goal season in the NHL, 1980-81, 20 goals, 52 points. 81-82, 35 goals, 93 points. That was a breakout year. Then a 31-goal season the following year in 82-83 when the Islanders, of course, win their fourth straight Stanley Cup. His career best season came with the Islanders in 1984-85, played in 80 games that season, 42 goals and exactly 100 points, add 95 penalty minutes to the mix. And that was Tonelli's best season. The Islanders traded him at the trade deadline in 85-86. So spring of 86, they move him on. And that year he had slipped, quote-unquote, to 20 goals and 61 points in 65 games. Not that big of a slip. They traded him to Calgary. He played two and a half seasons with the Flames, three years with the LA Kings, and then uh, one season that he split between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Quebec Nordique. For his career, 1,028 NHL games, 325 goals, 836 points, 911 penalty minutes. You add another 150 points uh, in his three WHA seasons and a very distinguished career for John Tonelli. Uh, a member of all four Stanley Cup winning teams. His most productive playoff season came in 82-83. He played in 20 playoff games, had seven goals and 18 points. So John Tonelli, uh, his number 27, will be retired by the New York Islanders. Now, Butch Goring, uh, originally a fifth-round pick of the L.A. Kings, back in 1969, and uh, he joined the Kings in 69-70 and stayed with them until the trade deadline in 1980 when he became a New York Islander. And here's the thing that Butch Goring did. He was a consistent 35-goal scorer for the Kings, had four 30-goal seasons in a row. And when the Islanders got him, he was sort of starting physically at least to be on the downside of his career, but Goring brought leadership, and as we said yesterday, he gave the Islanders a certain amount of confidence that, hey, the rest of the league really knows how good you are. You guys just don't know it, and he gave the Islanders, who were a young and very talented team, depth, confidence, and a little playoff experience on top of it, he was the final piece of the puzzle, sort of the, the original trade deadline acquisition. And realistically, at the trade deadline, it's like every NHL team is trying to find their Butch Goring, that last piece of the puzzle that puts a good team and makes them a Stanley Cup champion. In the 1980 Stanley Cup playoffs in 21 games, 
Goring had seven goals and 19 points. In 1980-81, his best statistical season with the Islanders, 23 goals, 60 points. But in the playoffs in uh, in 1981, 20 points, 10 goals, 10 assists in 18 games. And for that performance, Butch Goring in 1981 wins the Conn Smythe Trophy as the playoff MVP, remained with the Islanders till the midway point of the 84-85 season, then finished up his career with a half year in Boston, a player and or player coach for all four of the Islanders' Stanley Cup winning teams and the team that went to the Stanley Cup final in 1984, but lost to the eventual champion Edmonton Oilers. Coached the Islanders in 1999-2000 and 2000-2001. Wasn't quite as successful there. Also coached the uh, Utah Grizzlies, which was, and the Capital District Islanders, some of their AHL and IHL farm teams over the years. And as many Islander fans today know, Goring now the color man on Islanders television broadcasts. Uh, on MSG Plus. So congratulations to both John Tonelli and Butch Goring for their richly deserved honors that are coming up. We've got a lot more to talk about. We'll have this date in Islanders history. We will discuss and preview the upcoming game tonight against the Bruins in Boston. Lots more to talk about here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Okay, uh, by the way, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can send us an email with a comment, question, or uh, something you'd like for us to discuss. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Just leave your name and where you're from, and we'd be happy to discuss whatever you'd like on the air and certainly give you credit for uh, your question or comment. We uh, also can be followed on Twitter, the show, at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And we will keep you up to date on all things going on in the world of the New York Islanders. Also, by the way, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a review on Facebook. Give us a rating and a little review. It really does help new people learn about the show. All right, let's do this date in Islanders history. We're going to go back just a few years today. A meeting between the Rangers and the Islanders. We take you back to December 19th, 2006 at Madison Square Garden. And just before the start of this game, the Rangers find out that Henrik Lundqvist is ill. So Kevin Weeks ends up between the pipes for the Rangers, and the Rangers end up scoring first a power play goal scored when Tom Pody of the Islanders was off for tripping. Brendan Shanahan gets his 23rd of the year from Carol Rakunik and Yaramir Yager, and the Rangers had a 1-0 lead. But just 47 seconds later, Jason Blake of the Islanders scores an unassisted goal, his 17th of the year, and the teams ended the first period all even at one apiece. Then the power play takes over for the Islanders with Shanahan in the penalty box for roughing, 
And then Yager also in the penalty box for holding. The Islanders get a five on three. And it's Blake again who cashes in his 18th of the year from Tom Pody and Sean Hill. And the Islanders regain the lead two to one. Then Darius Kasparitis, the former Islander, then with the Rangers. Uh, he ends up in the penalty box. And the Islanders take advantage as Blake scores again at 7.45 of the second period. A power play goal, his 19th, to finish a natural hat trick for Jason Blake. Miro Shatan and Tom Pody get the assists, and it was 3-1 Islanders. A little less than five minutes later, Alexi Yashin makes the Islanders lead 4-1, his 12th of the year, helpers to Chris Simon, and Chris Campoli, and you thought things were looking up for the Islanders, that this game was in the bag, but it wasn't quite over yet. Less than a minute left in the second period, and Yaramir Yager takes over on the power play after Viktor Kozlov was called for hooking. Yager, his 15th from Martin Straka and Shanahan, and it was a 4-2 game, and then midway through the third, Yager strikes again, Shanahan and Straka again with the helpers, but in the end, Rick DiPietro makes enough saves, 30 overall in the game, to earn the victory. Islanders hold on for a 4-3 win, 30 saves for DiPietro, three goals on five shots for Jason Blake. He was a plus two, six shots on goal for Miro Shatan, and two assists for Tom Pody in this game among the highlights for the Islanders as they escape Madison Square Garden with a hard-fought 4-3 win over their, over their rival Rangers, all of this taking place on this date in Islanders history, December 19th, 2006. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, what the Islanders have to do to bounce back from that poor performance Tuesday night against the Nashville Predators. You know, the Islanders had never given up eight goals in a game under the Barry Trotz, Lou Lamorello regime. Uh, look, they didn't get good goaltending. They didn't play sound positional defense. They didn't skate well. They didn't They didn't play well, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, they still were giving some effort later on in the game, but overall, this was just a poor performance. And look, let's face it, over the course of an 82-game season, you're going to have some dog games. You're going to have some games that are just flat out poor performances. This was one, but it's going to be a challenge for the Islanders to bounce back against a, a talented uh, Boston Bruins team that is, of course, in first place right now in the Atlantic Division. And I think the key is, number one for the Islanders, don't dwell on that performance. Use it Use Tuesday's poor performance as motivation. You know, understand that as a team, we're better than that, and then go out and prove it. But don't dwell on the poor performance of the other night, and don't get discouraged by it. Now, if they come back and lay another egg tonight in Boston, then you start to get those little doubts in the back of your mind, and it'll be interesting to see how Barry Trotz handles his team 
We talked a little bit yesterday about that I liked how Trotch tried to build them up a little bit. Pointed to the effort on the penalty kill late in the game, even though the team was down five games. And, you know, Casey Sezikis in particular was pointed to. But now it'll be very interesting interesting to see what kind of approach Trotz takes heading into tonight's game in Boston. A tough assignment. And again, Trotz and his troops have their work cut out for them. But we still have a lot more to talk about on today's show. We'll have a full preview of tonight's game in Boston and a lot more. More to come right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so tonight the Islanders head up to Boston to play the Bruins. After 35 games, Boston 21-7-7 on the season. That gives them... 49 points and a 10-point lead over the second-place Sabres in the Atlantic Division. And yet, you know, the Bruins are kind of on a little bit of a cold streak as of late. Their last game on Tuesday, they lost at home to the LA Kings 4-3. And before that, yeah, they beat the Florida Panthers down in Florida 4-2. Three losses in a row before that on a road trip. Lost in Tampa 3-2. Lost in Washington 3-2. Lost in Ottawa 5-2. And lost at home to Colorado before that. And to Chicago at home before that. So overall, six out of the last seven games, the Boston Bruins have lost. And that is pretty unusual for this team, the way they're, they've been playing over the course of the season, Islanders might be catching this talented Bruins team at just the right time. But going into Boston, never an easy situation. You look at the talent this team has, and it's you look at the numbers, and you see why. Goals for, they're third in the league. 118 goals scored. Goals against, they're fourth. Um, you know, your top five. In both of those categories, you're going to win a lot of hockey games. Power play is ranked third in the league with a 26.4% success rate. The penalty kill only, and I'll put that in quotes, 12th in the league at 82.7. So the Islanders' PK, which certainly had its struggles over the last few games, is going to have to come up big against this Bruins team. And two very strong goaltenders with Fairly similar statistics so far. Uh, Tuka Rask, the starter in 21 starts. He is 13-4-4 with a 2-3-2 goals against average and a 9-23 save percentage. Yaroslav Halak, the former Islander, in 14 starts, 8-3-3, a 2-2-6 goals against average, a 9-28 save percentage, and both Rask and Halak have two shutouts each. Be interesting to see whether the Bruins go with Halak against his former team. Then you look at the lineup here. Obviously, two guys you have to be very aware of. Brad Marchand leading the team right now with 51 points and a plus 17 plus minus. And then David Pasternak 28 goals and 49 points. He's a plus 12. David Krejci, a plus 16. And even at this point, at the 
you know, ripe old age of 40 plus, Zidane Chara, who started his career, believe it or not, with the Islanders way back in, you know, the 1990s. Chara, a plus 18 right now for the Boston Bruins, five goals, 13 points, and still playing some pretty good hockey and quality minutes for the Bruins. You look at the lineup, Bergeron centers the top line with Marchand and Pasternak on the wings. David Krejci centers the second line with Jake DeBrusque and Charlie Coyle between him. Coyle, a nice pickup, uh, former Minnesota Wild player. Sean Corrali is the third line center with Anders Bjork and Danton Heinen on his wings. And Chris Wagner centers the fourth line with Joachim Nordstrom and David Backus on his wings. Chara still the first defense pair with Charlie McAvoy and Tori Krug and Brandon Carlo making up the second pair. Uh, John Moore and Matt Grezleshek uh, are the third pair. And on the injured list right now, Kevin Miller and Carson Kuhlman, so they are unlikely to be available when the Islanders meet the Bruins. Should be a good game, tough challenge, and the Bruins, again, a good team at home also. Uh, Not easy to win games in Boston these days. Assuming that the Islanders go on with their rotation, it would be Simeon Varlamov's chance uh, to be in goal. And this is the first of three meetings between the Islanders and the Bruins. The other two meetings will be home games for the Islanders, January 11th and February 29th, the second of those games, as we mentioned. Uh, that'll be Butch Goring's uh, retirement. They'll retire his number at a ceremony before that game. We mentioned the Bruins' power play and how dangerous it is, and... You know, Pasternak, 13 power play goals out of his 28 and 20, uh, 19 points overall. Marshawn with 16 points. Tori Krug, 13 of his 19 assists this year have come on the power play. So the challenge really will be to slow down David Pasternak. And, and not give him space on the power play because no other Bruins player right now has more than three power play goals. He has 13. So go figure. Danton Heinen and Brad Marchand each have three, as does Patrice Bergeron. But Pasternak, really their go-to guy with the uh, extra attacker. He also leads the team in shots on goal and game-winning goals as well. Patrice Bergeron, very good in the face-off circle. He's their top face-off man. Uh, Krejci is also a solid face-off person as well. And, you know, here's a Bruins team that just tends to do all the little things the right way, and it should be one heck of an entertaining hockey game, a real test for the New York Islanders, uh, especially coming on the heels of that very difficult 8-3 defeat of Tuesday night. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.